She's consulting with a lot of companies like Lacana via her agency, helping these old media brands figure out how to reshape those assets in the new content and publishing worlds, having some success. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest this morning is Elizabeth Osder, and she specializes in strategy, market, and product development for media companies and brands navigating a changing media landscape. As head of revenue at a company called Lacana, she oversees platform strategy, business development, and go-to-market for a leading content management platform powering 150 million unique users a month across 60% of local markets. Her firm, the Osder Group, has worked with brands including AOL, Univision, Associated Press, Kimpton, Ogilvy, Group M, and on many strategical strategy issues for related to digital transformation. Elizabeth, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. How do you like, I'm branding that strategical. That's my word. Strategical. I am very strategical. I'm I very strategical. On, I don't <laughs> mess around. I'm very, well a very strategical conversation. Okay, here, here we go. So, so um, I want to make sure I understand what you do. Are you inside of Lacano or are you in an agency that's consulting with them? Um, it's interesting. I was 10 years running my own consulting firm and I had been in-house with Lakana over the last couple of years, helping uh-huh. them on their go-to-market. But um, I, I, I am on both sides of that house in many ways. So it's, it's, a, it's, just, it's a long-term client. Okay. So, so, so what should we focus on? Should we focus on your agency and how you're growing it or on Lakana? Well, I think there's two things, which is as a professional, what I do is I help media companies grow and achieve success in an increasingly uh, um, difficult world. There are many ways to do that. So as a consultant, you want to say to a company, uh, how do we grow your audience? How do we deepen their engagement? How do we deal with shifting things in the marketplace like Facebook algorithm changes or Google? Um, So how and how do we drive revenue? fundamentally to that is you need a platform Mm -hmm. and you need a smart platform. You need something that sits underneath you that takes a lot of the complexity out of running that business and allows you to achieve success with your business and your editorial aims. So my role as a consultant is manifested in Glacana, which is maybe this is too erudite, but uh, is that our platform really helps our customers um, achieve success um, by taking all the technology problems out of their business. So we handle all their infrastructure, all the, their product development, all, and, and basically make it very interoperable for them to plug and play different solutions. So Elizabeth, how many, I don't want to lose people here when they heard the word consultant, because you're a fun chick. We were talking before the episode. I can, t- I can tell you're very fun and I don't want to get, I don't want to get lost in the like minutia of like an agency business. So Let's let's dive deep. How are you working with Lacana? So, for example, like what's a big question they recently asked you strategy-wise and how would you answer? Well, I think the biggest question we're asked right now is, is how do you create a when, – when you're underlying 80% of the local broadcast market, when you have almost 150 million unique users on your platform, how do you take that and build an audience network where you can work across all those sites and companies to – share content, share revenue, 
share data to understand the to get the knowledge in order to increase the yield yield across the network. That's so, Lacana's business model. They have all these broadcast markets. They have all these listeners. Is it is it radio? They have listeners. Or? Actually, no. It's television stations. Local television stations. So okay. the point is, is you bring them together. You know. You think about television networks, but they're all individual stations. And how do you take all of local broadcasts, so every local market in America, and put one platform underneath them so you can share intelligence and data in order to improve the performance of those businesses? So what's the answer? What do you tell me? Build something custom or what? Well, it's actually – the answer is uh, let's do some smart deals uh, with all the best products that are out there, and let's be um, vicious in terms of deciding who we should use. And holding them accountable to being the best product. So let's For, meet like, up. give me an example of two of those products. Uh, I would say, you know, let's talk about uh, recommendation engines. So a company like uh, there's a lot of companies out there that that do that. In the past, there was Taboola or Outbrain. So do we get a better deal for the network with Taboola or Outbrain? Other ones would be uh, now in the area of. Uh, I bet you're the- hell to negotiate with. By the way, you're a killer. I can <laughs> tell. You put a big smile on, but you're a killer. I'm I'm okay. I, I I like to have a good time. And listen, let's be fair. Business is business. Fun is fun. Yeah. So let's get, get let's get down to it. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors, and then there's a lot of there, there's a lot of noise in in deal making. Yeah. For me, it's like let's line it up. Like so, Elizabeth. Though, so like going back to Outbrain and Taboola. So when people think that they think at the bottom of a blog article, recommended articles, it's a little ad network essentially. I don't understand how you the television, Lacana, the televisions. How is that? Where do they exist on the web in one spot? Well, every television station has a website and a mobile app. Mm-hmm. So we're just talking about the internet versions of TV stations. Okay. Just like you'd go to nytimes.com, just like you'd go to washpost.com. Why build so, this though? I mean, those two things you just mentioned, I get all that just by following them on their Facebook page. I get it in my Facebook feed every morning. Well, I think, I think the question is, is how do you, I think what you're seeing, I mean, we can talk about Lacana, but let's just talk right now about what's happening in local media, which is, you know, we are losing audience. To the big, it used to be to the portals. It used to be the Googles and the search engine. Now it's to Facebook. People are engaging on content elsewhere. So now you're seeing a rapid shift. Now you're seeing a lot of paid models come in, subscription models. You're seeing people that used to want to invest in scale. I want a ton of audience. I'm going to get a ton of audience and I'm going to make a half a cent on every one of them and I'm going to have a decent business. So the model's shifting now. So like, I want to know who my loyal fans are. We want to know who really is engaged with us and I'm going to ask them for some money to keep it there. Mm -hmm. And so what people are finding is, is, hey, you can build a better pile of dollars by engaging closely with your most loyal listeners and readers than you could with just having be, competing in the commodity of everybody's a portal, everybody is. Give everything. me an example of a customer you've worked with that ex- is executing that strategy brilliantly. Well, let's see. That I you can talk about. Uh, it's funny. Um, in the last couple of years, I've, I've taken a lot of people for the turn of trying to get them to go in that direction. I, I think it's better to talk about... Um, you know, the most interesting place to look about this is a lot of the, and this is a little uh, uh, fancy pants, but uh, if you look at the investigative journalism, the nonprofit news organizations that are out there, the people that have actually had to try to... You're talking like uh, like Wikipedia, NPR? Yeah, NPR, ProPublica. Um, there's a whole world of the investigative news network. There's a whole world of small sites now that do service journalism in communities that are self-sustaining. They're like little versions of NPR where they're getting people in communities to say, Hey, you know what? I want somebody, I want a badass journalist. I'll give you this guy. Now the voice of orange County, uh, this guy, Norberto Santana, where he is just dogged and he is more fun than I am. And you should have him on, but he is a vicious journalist who will go in and depant anybody in the city council meeting and get them to be honest and true and shed light on all of their corruption. And this dude does it. 
by self-funding it, by getting donations, by figuring out how to do it. But he gets laws passed, he gets people thrown in jail, and he gets his ass sued all the time. And he gets people to give him money to do that because he's serving a focus of journalism that the Orange County Register doesn't do now because it's owned by a big conglomerate. So Elizabeth, strategically, tell me though how he does that. So we have people listening right now who are thought leaders in their spaces. Like they use, I mean, we get 5 million downloads a month, right? So it's a significant audience, right? They're listening and these are like, these are CEOs that have a SaaS company and they know that they can grow their software company by taking thought leadership in a certain category. So they go write a book, they go create a community. If they they want to start allowing their super fans to pay them, literally tactically, how does this guy in Orange County do it? Is it a website? What plugin does he use to collect the money? How's he do it? Well, you know, a lot of this is old shoe leather stuff, which is, and you do this with brands that want to create thought leadership. So if you take the same thing, I'll give you two perspectives for him. He walks around town and talks to everybody in the town and he gets out a hat. And he says, you know, want to write me a check. He's just in the community, in a small community, in a place working the street. Take my big SaaS company. What I want to do tomorrow with the Lacana is I want to take the leaders of my customers and I want to sit them down to dinner with somebody who really knows what's going on who can open their eyes and help them see the future a little bit. So if you take thought leadership, it, you know, it happens in different ways. It happens by being present in somebody's mind share and producing a product or an experience that really engages them. I would say more and more like the product that experiences engages right now is you can do a blog post, you could write a wallpaper, you can do, you know, a Facebook post. We all have the drill of marketing tactics that we do, but there is nothing better than sitting down with somebody and teaching them something they didn't know or showing them a direction that they didn't see or enlightening them somehow or actually saying, hey, I don't know the answer either. Let's work on it together. That's the kind of stuff that engages people. This is a tough market. You got to say, hey, hey, where's my perfect answer? I don't have a perfect answer. I'll take you through a process where we'll figure out like what's going on out there, how people are screwing up how people are winning and pick the right strategy and, and, and path for your company. Yeah. See, I see, I think if I was in your shoes and the kind of hired me and they said, Nathan, spend a month, do in-depth research, give me your best advice. <laughs> I go, okay. I scraped away for a month. I spent, I had a team of 15. We did amazing research. Here's my recommendation. <laughs> you should shut down immediately, do it quickly, do it fast and waste no more money. Because I mean, even engagement rates on these local apps, these, you know, every TV, TV station thinks it's sexy to have an app, but how many times once it's downloaded, does it actually get engaged within a week? Like zero. It, it, people don't go back into these things. I'm just curious how you're thinking about taking these old media assets and allowing them to break through the noise of fake news and big headlines in these social streams. Well, uh, first of all, let's, again, as I said, let's talk more broadly than Lacana because that's, uh, that's a, it, that's a business that's solid. It exists for a reason. Those stations need to have these platforms. They're not going away. And if you look at the numbers and you look at those businesses, you know, you, they may not have the, they may not make sense to you, but when there's a tornado coming, people do turn to their local news. There's a lot of reasons why they exist and they're in great shape. And that's a great business. But in general, publishing broader where my consulting practices lies is is there are some really tough questions right now. Do you fold them or do you, you know, so let's let's walk at the media broadly. You can look at a lot of companies now. How do they offset the challenges? Um, there is no magic bullet to the problem of media sustainability. Uh, you can just shut down. Or you can keep trying to go in a direction. People either do that by developing new products, uh, trying to find ways to engage their community in new ways, going to paid models, um, doing better content that people actually want to come to that's differentiated. Or finally, a larger company, what you know you see in some other markets is, is they had invested. You know, 20 years ago, the Tribune invested in AOL, and that funded you know, 20 years of innovation for the Tribune company until that money ran out, and they caved. So right now, where are the investments from the media companies in things that are actually going to differentiate in the next generation? 
Why doesn't media companies have Wait, a piece what, of Facebook? What do you mean by that, Elizabeth? You mean you're advising some of your clients to invest in new technologies, like as an well, investor on the cap table? So what I so I had a client last two years ago, uh, which well, I can't name who the client was, but they who are was the very. Client? I can't name the client. <laughs> I will not name the client, but it is a very well well known brand. It's the kind of brand that if I have a startup and I have a lot of mind share, I'm going to want to say, "Hey, I work with so and so," and it. saying that name is going to bring a lot of other people. Yep. So what did you, 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 you tell them? Well, I, first of all, I gave them a lesson on what they were doing and giving their brand equity away just because they wanted to have a press release or think that they were doing something that was cool and hot. And I explained to them actually how they could get their money to work in a deal with those companies and not just do it. So like an editorial side would do a deal with somebody who was cool, but rather than going up and saying, hey, let's get let's not just do a deal for like trying your software and telling the world we're trying your software for free software. If we try your software. You know, we want to be on your cap table. Yep. Okay. Okay. And it was something that hadn't occurred to them. And then I set about invent, introducing them to a number of investments in a small, small firms that um, were incubating new products that were actually going to need their content to test, sort of build a structure for that kind of investing. They simply had been operating for 20 years just saying, hey, it's great. We did this deal and never actually thought about getting in the game in any way. It never made it, any it just, money. It was just, it was all, it was all theatrics essentially. Yeah, it was all like, hey, like, great, we're making great products. Oh, like, we did it. It's be- so my deal is, is, it's like, at the end of the day, it's beyond what's cool and what's hot. It, what's work, it's what works and what doesn't, and what makes a buck and what doesn't. And if you're not, Amen, operating, sister. Okay, if you're not operating a company every day in a way that says, hey, you know what? This path might smell cool, so I'm going to use it for marketing, but it's not going to give me a nickel. But I'm going to keep doing that. Yep. But I'm going to double down over here where I'm going to make a dime you know, a quarter of a buck. Yep. And Elizabeth, let me, to, let me shift yep. this conversation real quick. Success magazine just shut down. Okay. Um, great brand. Great. You know, okay. success magazine, right? Great yep. brand. Shut down. The economics weren't working. They were losing too much cash. If you'd owned that asset, what would you have done to it to turn it around? Well, um, I don't know a lot about the business of that asset, but in general, the deal is this with a, ma- with a magazine. First of all, you've got to get the leadership over the emotional side of it because they go on for way, way too long thinking because they're journalism or they're a great brand, they don't have to take certain actions. Like so what, like what actions are they most resistant to? Well, the first one has to be is you have to deeply cut costs and you have to double down on what your mission is. So if you used to have 40 reporters, sometimes you have to have 20 reporters. If you used to have 50 beats, then you have to figure out what's your core beat and want to get down to five beats. So you've got to greatly focus your business and where you have differentiated value. So many people have fluff on the outsides that they grow into. That's a commodity. So you want to turn right back to those same people. Second thing you want to do is you want to understand who's coming to your site. You want to go from for, for your magazine. You've got to get your circulation department and the data that's coming in about who used to pay you and how that used to work. You've got to take that and you've got to c- combine that some way with your digital revenue and your digital objectives. And how do and, you do, like, give me, I mean, that sounds well, great. Tough. Yeah. yeah, this all sounds, it's, I don't want to sound airy-fairy because it's like all like very gritty, detailed work and yeah. I just try not bore people to death. Well, it's not but, boring. I mean, but the reason I'm asking, so full transparency, we, we have just launched a magazine, right? It's, ooh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful magazine, awesome. right? And we've launched it, but we have, the only people that get this, they pay me 10 grand a month for access to my database on SaaS companies. So this is only going out to people who pay me 10 <laughs> but grand. A, but the thing is, that's a, that's a great business model. It works so beautifully. No, but the thing is, is if you look at B2B business models, we're used to pay for something. That's much better than the B2C where you, you know, the advertising, uh, the content and advertising model isn't there. You need to have something that's higher order to get people to pay for. So a research product is damn good. 
A magazine is now a value add to a data service. You are doing the right thing. Like, hey, I didn't do my homework enough on you because I'm, <laughs> I wasn't up on my game enough. I was still in my jammies. Yeah. But now, no, no, she, she's lying to you guys. She she didn't even have a shirt on. I call in and she goes, wait, is there a video on you? I better throw a shirt on real quick. So this is, you're my kind of woman, Elizabeth. This is good. <laughs> so what I'm telling you is, so, so that's the kind of thing is you got to strip it down to what's your asset. And is your asset, do people love, is it your brand? Okay, I don't know what you should do with that. Is it the number of people that come to you? Do you know who those people are? What else can you give them that they're going to pay, pay for? You started something fresh. You were like, okay, I'm going to build my, dat- my SaaS database, which is awesome. And I, people, I need that information in order to price my SaaS model. To Benchmark, figure out do M&A I, deals, I, yeah. So you have an information services asset, asset. You go back to the old days, the SIAA and all that. It's like you have a database that people need to, you know, good media used to inform or entertain or help you make money. You help people make money. Yep. And that is why it is worth paying for your service or paying for your insights or paying for your podcast. The problem is, is information has become too abundant, too generalized, and it has not been a sharp knife that cuts to a consumer need or a business need. Yep. You have, so every brand has to assess, okay, am I mass? Can I get scale? Or am I now, targeted and focused on a particular customer. So last question before we wrap up with the famous five, who in your opinion is doing the best job at driving a dollar a month, $7 a month, whatever it is, subscriptions to their digital content. That is an old physical magazine or newspaper brand. Geez, subscriptions to digital content. I I, I think you got to go back to um, the people who still have those businesses and are, are sustaining them. I think a Bloomberg and their terminal business is probably the, the the icon of that. I think the Reuters and the other, you know, the Nexus Lexuses and all those people are under a lot of pressure now. So you mean have, you think the Bloomberg terminal business really underwrites the Bloomberg magazine media business? I would say at Bloomberg, all of their media is a marketing spend yeah. to sell terminals. It's a when media becomes a marketing spend, that's the brilliant of that, and they can do good journalism with that. The other place I'd look for that model is something like Skift. I don't know if you know Skift. It's a spell it's it. A, S-K-I-F-T. Uh, I also, they're a client of mine. I work with them, but where they're really interesting is that uh, they are um, a free content service. It's the, the leading B2B travel publication on the travel industry, which is the world's largest industry. Oh, wow. They, come, they came out of nowhere four years ago and they are building a conference business. They are building a research business. They are building, you know, a number of related products around that, that sustain that daily current awareness uh, journalism. And that really, you know, that's the model that works, which is you surround current awareness daily information, like an interview you have today with stuff that people have to pay for, that they want to get closer to the brand. They don't just do like so many do, which is assume, Hey, I am a brand and it just fizzles away. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. Make Elizabeth, you're speak my language. It makes good sense. I I think there's been, there's value. There was given some (laughs) valuable lessons in here, which I think will apply to a lot of my listeners, even if they're running a software business, thinking about, you know, new media content. So let's wrap up here with the famous five quick answers here. Number one, what's your last business book that you read? (laughs) Don't make one up. Say none. If you can't remember, I'm going to, I'm going to say none, but I'll give you the, the, you know, I, I can't remember. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, I always think that, um, the, the, the person I think is most interesting is Jeff Bezos that I watch very, very carefully. And also with the humility of, I probably should have gone to work with him in 1999 when I first talked to him. So. Yeah, that's a big one you missed. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Well, favorite online tool for building my business is probably Google docs. Just getting people to collaborate. Number four, Nothing magn- how many hours of sleep to get every night? 
six. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kiddos? Uh, married to my longtime partner, Joanne, and uh, we uh, have to have two dogs and we have a lot of fun. And no kiddos kids. yet? No kiddos. All right. Got two dogs. Two dogs. Yeah. <laughs> that may count as one. That's All, it. Right. All right. And Elizabeth, uh, do you mind me asking how old you are? I am 53 years old. Okay. Last I'm question. A- Take us back 33 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? My 20 year old self knew that, uh, two things probably, uh, you could go far if you were, be willing to learn what you pretend to know. Okay. So get on with it. Uh, it all works out in the end and just have a lot of fun. I love that. Be willing to learn what you're right now only pretending to know from Elizabeth. She's consulting with a lot of companies like Lacana via her agency, helping these old media brands figure out how to reshape those assets in the new content and publishing worlds, having some success. Elizabeth, thank you for taking us to the top. Hey, thank you. Take care. All the best, everyone.